Hey everybody and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm your host Josh and today I'm going to be talking about Curse, the second book in the Alex Ferris series by Benedict Jacka. Yeah, so let's curse the magic of books. Now, again, I am just really enjoying these books. Uh, it is such a treat to come back into them. And honestly, I remembered most of this book as I was reading it, but I honestly thought that this was book three to five, not book two, um, just because of, of how good it is. Uh, again, this is these books, I feel, are super fast. You kind of start a little slow, mostly. There's an inciting incident, and then you just get into the story, and you just you rip through it. It just keeps going, and you hold on for dear life as the book as the pages turn, and you try to keep up. So, um, I really liked it. Of course, I feel like we see this was a nice book because we see a little bit more character work, especially between Alex and Luna. And then we see more of these other background characters that we had in the, in the first book that we weren't really sure if they were going to be, you know, stay flat or grow a little bit. And certain ones grew a little bit, other ones, you know, maybe stayed just a little bit more flat. But I think it was it's an improvement in the characters and all the characters that were written about. So again, the this such an interesting book. It's tough for me to say the atmosphere of the book is like really there because I just don't know and I don't feel like I'm in London, but I don't know anything about London to really feel like I'm there. So I give this one just a pass. Like I really just get immersed in the book and I, the, the atmosphere, the way he describes these things don't throw me out of the book. I can't, I don't think his writing is any worse in this book. I think it's a little better, but I mean, this is going to be, you know, a year later. So I don't know how much he could have improved in that little, in that year, but I think he did get better. Like in this book, he doesn't explain the magic nearly as much but he does explain the newer things as they come across and the plot is a really good one it's just a mystery you're trying to figure it out until the very end and then you do and then you have to figure out okay now how are we going to stop it or are we going to stop it it's just uh, exceptional a lot of fun a good solid plot with a good story you know in this one the first time i read it and even i knew this time it wasn't because i remembered but the first time i read it i was like oh this is our plot. This is what we're going to deal with. This is going to be the whole book. And it's less than half the book. You're just like, oh, it's not this thing. It, it's this other thing. And then you're like, oh, this other thing is, you know, just as bad. But they're both, they're both pretty bad stuff that could be happening to people. So it's really, it's just good to see that it, it worked that way. I like that. I, again, I had a hard time putting these books down, this book down. I just love reading them. They're just a lot of fun. And he follows his his rules of magic that he's laid down. If he lays it down and teaches you about it, then it's in place and you're he's not going to just break it or, oh, I said that this does this, but I forgot to mention this one very specific case where this does that, but only in this situation that we just happen to find ourselves in right now. So I, you know, I, I feel like his consistency is strong with his magical world building and it's just great. So let's let's talk a little bit i'm just going to name off our main characters here of course we got our cinder he's back i love that we see him some more in this one we see some more sonder that was really great we see more luna love luna love alex um and we see another guy that we just hate so much two guys that we just hate so much but i think we're just gonna have to jump into our spoiler section right now so let's talk about accursed by Benedict Jacket. Cursed is crazy. And if you couldn't tell, it's got a heavy Luna focus in this one because Luna is cursed 
and it's about a curse. Now, the person, let's, we gotta get the elephant out of the room first. Martin, you're an idiot. You deserve to die. I'm glad you died. I wish it had been more painful. But on the other hand, he did get to see himself die with an unfiltered mind, unprepared for it, with his throat slit, you know, millions upon millions of times. So maybe we can count that as his punishment. So let's talk about, let's talk about Martin. Man, he sucks. First off, he's a a freaking double traitor. Like he betrays Luna at the first instance. Like, I mean, he went in to betray her, so it doesn't matter, right? Like he's not like, oh, I loved her. And then I really betrayed her. Like, no, I faked it all. But like, he takes the stupid monkey's paw. And it's like, have you never in your life heard of a monkey's paw? It's a wish granting device. If, If any of you don't know, I don't blame you because you don't live in a world where magic is real and you know about it. It would make sense if at the beginning of the book, like he's shown, he doesn't really know anything about magic. He's just a little bit of a sensitive, right? Like, at least he seems that way. And I think he is still at the end. He just doesn't know. But like, it's a monkey paw. They are inherently bad. They twist your wishes. They turn your wishes. You never get what you want out of it. They're either too literal or they're too metaphorical. Ah, I just, if you ever see a monkey's paw and they're like, hey, this will grant you your wishes, but, uh, you know, somebody warns you about it, don't touch it. Don't use it. It's, ah, you just, you can't control the wishes. Oh, if they just didn't understand it. If you really use the wishes correctly and you say the proper words, it'll be fine. You can't get around an evil malevolent force that's been around for who knows how long that's killed who knows how many people you just can't beat it so i was just like oh martin you're so dumb don't don't do this to yourself and i did love i love the research that uh benedict jack had put in this book for us about the monkey paw he has alex read some books and saunders looking for it because saunders like oh he has a monkey's paw that's bad news did you tell luna that and he's like yeah i told luna that it was bad news obviously she's a little infatuated and she doesn't didn't believe me and he's like, hmm, well, let's look at these books. And I love the story behind it. Like, it doesn't matter where the monkey's paw comes from. It's not important. It's barely important to the story. Like, but it matters, right? Like, and so he's like, you know, so he researches it and he shows it to us. And we're like, oh, this is cool. And we like see like three or four different possibilities. And it's like, in the last one you read is like, sometimes deep monkey's paw will adopt like a host and they'll just live with you forever until you die or they go somewhere else and they always come back. And we see at the end of the book, after Martin is dead, he comes, the monkey's paw shows up right back in Alex's bed and he puts it and locks it in his safe. And it's almost like the monkey paw, I don't know, like maybe this monkey paw doesn't want to get used, except it, it can't resist its nature to try and like make people use it. So it chose Alex to keep it safe. So he knows he's not just going to get picked up by every, you know, Tom, Dick, or Harry, but he's going to get, he's still going to get paired with people every so often. I don't know. That's ascribing a lot to a monkey's paw that has no dialogue, no conversation, no like thoughts or anything that we can see. So what are Martin's five wishes that he got on this monkey paw? To be immune to magic or to specific, I think it's just magic in general, which, okay, that's fair. Like I'll allow that one. That one's a pretty decent wish. You could have put it down then and been just fine. What's the second wish? Oh, yeah. Immune to all physical harm. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a fine one. And then in the dumbest move of his life, one of the dumbest moves of his life, he wishes that he could have Alex Varys' powers 
And it's like, do you, did you think it was just like super easy? And he goes, starts going crazy because he's seeing millions of futures and he can't differentiate. And then in an amazing scene, Alex gets ready to cut his throat. He's just like, I had to commit to it so that it went through all his timelines, right? So he sees it and then he goes to commit to it and the he screams, take it back, you know, give it back. And the genie wishes it back. So I like that. And I loved the feeling that Alex got when he lost his divination magic. The way that Benedict Jacket explained it and described it where he's like, felt like I was just off. Like I didn't know what I would see when I looked over to the side. And this is something I've lived with for my whole life, basically. Or since as soon as I figured out how to use it properly, like I would know things before they happened because that's what I am. And without my magic, without my divination magic, I just felt off and like a shell. And I love those scenes. So, okay, let's actually get to the point of the book. Somebody has gone around and drained a bar guest or magical wolf creature of all of its magic. And you learn that supposedly it was some dark mages that did this. And Belthas, an ice mage on the council, wants Varys' help to track them down. Of course, we see in this book that the Belthas, the ice mage, betrays Alex Varys almost, not almost immediately, but as soon as he can. So it was not like, a, oh, I'll just keep stringing him along for a little bit. No, that was a solid betrayal. Because he wants the power, and who does he want to use it on? But Arachne, our, our friend magical creature show. I was like, ah, you know, it hates that. and Or we hate that, because we like Arachne. She's so awesome. So Alex tracks down Cinder and Delio, thinking that they're the ones who took the magic device. But they track him down. Belthas comes in. He takes it from them. And then they go over to Arachne and try to start implant, you know, implanting her and draining her magic. Well, they set it up. Alex is able to escape. He figures it out, of course, like right beforehand. He figures it out and he runs there. Can't save him, but he ends up meeting a dragon, a huge gargantuan dragon underneath Arachne's cave, like way deep. Very magic-y to get into it. So that was so cool. He's able to, you know, escape again. And I loved Varys's, like, he's almost got a bullet sense. He, you know, he's not, like, perfect at it. Well, he's pretty good at it because he's still alive. But he can't he can't just be like, oh, look, I moved out of the way of the bullet right as it was flying at me. But he knows how to get away from it. So I love that. And then we see how cool of a guy Sonder is. Like, he has time magic. So he's able to, like, rewind and view things in the past. Yeah, just the past. I don't think he can see anything in the future. But he is so cool and just he's, he's caring much. He's a light mage, but he actually cares. He's a light mage journeyman, but he actually cares and he wants to help people and he tries. And we're like, yeah, Sonder, you're the best. Like, you're not the, you're, he's pretty strong. You're not like Cinder strong, but you will get there someday. And let me say, I loved Cinder in this book. He's not very talkative, but he, he was very like intuitive with what he, uh, with what he did have to say. You know, let's make a truce. And then I love that he's like, you know, I think you play a lot of people and you're pretty smart. You're pretty tough, Varys. And Alex is like, no, nah, my divination magic's pretty useless. He's like, yeah, but uh, how many people have tried to have you killed? And Alex is like, well, you know, it's just more than just a few. And he's like, and how many of them are dead? And he's like, well, it's about all of them that have tried to come after me have died. And he's like, yep, you're a predator. You're definitely stronger than you look. And they're all fools for not believing in it and thinking you're weak because you don't, you know, just like go out and kill people or hurt people. Obviously, he thinks that whole way. But, you know, we see how powerful Cinder is. He fights toe-to-toe with Belthas, who's a member of the council. Well, not quite toe-to-toe, but pretty close. And he is just matching him beat for beat. So I 
loved it. Just so good. He's able to save Belthas. And I realized in this one that I, I probably recognized it um, and just missed it that this is the death of my Alex and Luna ship. Because like I talked about earlier with the characters, the you know, we see their relationship grow because she's like, oh, I don't have to listen to you. You're just my friend. And he's like, no, I'm your friend and your master. And they're like, no, we can't. Arachne points out, she's like, they're not, you're not treating each other as one or the other. You're kind of doing this weird mix of all three. And it's not working for you. It's not good for her. It's not good for you. So they formalize it. Master apprenticeship under the light mages. Because you don't want to go to the dark mages because that's just crazy. So so that gets formalized and we really see like that's the death of it. Because they can't be friend or potential lovers. They're just master and apprentice. And so yeah, now that I see it, I'm actually pretty fine with it. I'm not like... I was not like betrayed betrayed the first time I read these but we I was a little saddened by it so and again I thought this was the third or fourth book so I, I felt like I remembered more of a build-up in their relationship versus this so oh well and I liked Luna practicing her curse using the the worst brand of light bulbs that she can find to test her curse and to try and hold it in so it doesn't you know, kill everybody and then the master and apprentice ceremony at the end and Talisid you know he's this so far, he's been a pretty decent guy trying to do the right things for the right reason, but he doesn't have quite as much power in the uh, council as the other council members do because, you know, when you gun for power your whole life, you get a lot more power. And if you do the right thing, don't often get it. But I like Talisip. I hope he continues to be a great guy. Now, I'm sorry I talked a lot about Martin in this, but, in this, but Martin's just a jerk, and he should die in a fire. And he does die. Oh, we never talked about his fifth wish. Fifth wish to kill Alex Ferris, which is kind of why I think maybe the monkey's paw not as like truly, truly evil as it could be because it refuses to kill him, to kill Alex Ferris, and it kills Martin instead. And it totally could kill Alex if it had to. So that's it. It was a good story. I loved it. It's very quick. Like I said, I really thought the monkey's paw would take more of the book the first time I read it, and it doesn't. But it's not absent from the book either. There. There's just it's the A B plot and part of it's A and then it goes to B and then it's this one's A and that one goes to B and then back and forth. So really fun story though. And that is gonna wrap up everything I really have to talk about with Cursed by Alex by Benedict Jacka, the second book in the Alex Varis series. Thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. Of course, please leave a review wherever you get your podcast from, iTunes, you know, whatever app you're using. It always helps a lot and brings us up if you have questions comments please send those to me at LibromancyPod. try and address them you want to see it somewhere else or something else and remember to curse with the magic of books